Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Well, after the chaotic, uh, many say failed, Afghanistan withdrawal, the Security Alliance undercutting a French deal, a defense deal with Australia. Some European countries are speaking out in frustration with the United States. What does that say about America's credibility around the world as a partner, as an ally? And is this the last straw for some of our European allies? Of course, we've heard a lot uh, from the French over the last few days uh, since the deal was announced uh, with the uh, with Australia, the United Kingdom, and the U.S. coming together on an alliance and some nuclear subs for Australia. Of course, this undercut the French. Uh, who already were working on a deal with the Australians for some uh, diesel-powered subs, and uh, they were they took great offense to that. Uh, so is this just a little bit of some of those in Europe uh, who may have their influence waning a little bit on the global stage? Are they just trying to reassert their importance? Are they sending a message to the United States that, hey, don't forget about us, we're your longtime loyal ally? Are they sending a message to the administration of, hey, we we need a seat at the table. We need to continue to have conversations uh, because there are things where we are going to have to stand up together uh, in terms of facing some of the threats around the world. European Commissioner uh, President Ursula von der Leyen uh, defended uh, France in their criticism of the U.S. earlier today, saying this. One of our member states Um, has been uh, treated in a way that is not acceptable. So we want to know what happened and why. And um, therefore, you first of all clarify that before you keep on going with business as usual. Uh, So I think that's interesting uh, that the EU chief really felt like they had to defend France, uh, saying, hey, one of our member states, again, that's a a lot of states there in uh, the European Union, uh, have been treated in a way that's not acceptable. So they want they're they're calling for an accounting from the U.S. What happened and why? And we need to make sure that we sort that out before we go on as business as usual. Uh, she went on to say that friends and allies should talk, should consult each other and not lose sight of the many other important agenda items that they need to be working on together. You know, uh, we're friends and allies and uh, friends and allies, partners talk to each other. Um, and they talk to each other mainly on, on an issue of common interest. So this is clearly, this did clearly not happen, and I think we need to talk. But on the other hand, we also have, as you mentioned, many important topics on our global agenda where we are working side by side, be it the health issue, be it climate change, 
working for our democracies. These are just a few examples. Again, that was coming from the uh, U- the uh, EU chief. And it's interesting, uh, President Biden did strike some of those similar notes within his speech. He said, instead of continuing to fight the wars of the past, we're fixing our eyes on devoting our resources to the challenges that hold the keys to our collective future. Uh, he listed off some of those, ending the pandemic, climate crisis, uh, global power dynamics, shaping the rules of the world on vital issues like trade, cyber, and emerging technologies, just to name a few. Uh, And so I do think there was some common ground there for sure. Uh, But clearly there is frustration coming out of France. Uh, Clearly there is some frustration uh, that uh, the U.S. is not engaging fully. And and some have gone so far to say uh, that the Biden administration is sort of a President Trump light when it comes to these international issues, that it is still very much an American first mantra, which, of course, was Uh, very popular under President uh, Trump. And uh, President Biden is sort of doing the same thing, but just a little quieter. It's without a little bit with a little less bombast and maybe a little bit uh, in your face. Uh, But the Biden administration's actions have been quite similar in the eyes of the EU, in the eyes of the French and some of the other partners. Even Germany today stood with France uh, saying that this is not acceptable the way the U.S. has treated France in terms of this deal with the United Kingdom uh, and Australia, especially as it comes to nuclear submarines. And uh, as you go on through the speech and look at uh, the relationships, uh, this is always the challenge for American presidents, Democrats and Republicans alike. They come into office very focused that they are going to be lasered in on domestic agenda. But then they realize America's place in the world is so much greater. And then the moment a international issue comes up, then suddenly that becomes a driving force in the administration. And so it is difficult. It's difficult for Democrats and Republicans alike to really uh, work through that to make sure they stay focused on what they want to focus on. And I think there's a lot of uh, bridge building that needs to be done by the administration. And I don't think they're getting help today. So on a day when President Biden wanted to focus on bringing the world together, on focusing the world on what the real issues are, again, according to the president, we've got to get to climate. Uh, We've got to look at humanitarian issues and human rights issues. We have to look at emerging technologies. We have to look at uh, things like intellectual property and patents and so on, uh, especially with Russia and China. And on that very day, just Hours after the president's speech had been delivered, uh, the the liberal wing of the Democratic Party is going to put onto the floor of the House of Representatives a a bill to raise the debt ceiling, to extend the funding of government into November, and as part of that, are going to take out a plank that is crucial to a critical ally of the United States, Israel. This is taking out a billion dollars in funding for the Iron Dome. And this has a lot of moderate Democrats scratching their heads and now wondering if they can support the bill. So before you had some of the liberal Democrats saying, hey, if if you're going to include this funding for Israel, we're out. And now you've got some of the more moderate Democrats saying, wait a minute, this is something that uh, protects civilians against terrorist rocket launches. And again, regardless of where you where you fall in, in terms of that conflict in the Middle East, 
It is important to note that in the only real democracy in the Middle East uh, that we're saying, nah, we're not really, we're, we're going to take that money back. Uh, and so that's going to create uh, an interesting set of headaches for the administration on a day they wanted to, to lead out. And so this is one of those challenges. Again, presidents of both parties deal with this. You think you got your message right, and then suddenly your supposed friends and allies in the House of Representatives or the Senate undercut your message for the day and create more questions rather than clarity in terms of what your agenda is and moving everything forward. And so uh, we're going to continue to watch that and uh, move through that. Again, a a lot of uh, hurt feelings and smarting egos, I think, as it relates to France and Germany and uh, some of the others in the EU uh, as it relates to President Biden going to the United Nations, giving a speech today. And we're going to continue to to cover all of that here. The fallout of that is going to be interesting in the days and weeks ahead. Uh, There were a few areas, again, with the the president's speech where I thought he really could have let out. He really could have uh, created some certainty points. And I think he he missed a few of those, to be sure. I don't think this was a uh, speech that he really owned. And you can tell that with this president. Some presidents can kind of fake it a little better than others. Some are able to just kind of get the rhetoric right and and be okay. Uh, that's really hard for President Biden. Uh, he has to own it uh, in order to, to really to really deliver it with power and some some authority and gravitas. And I think he missed a little bit of that today. So a lot of uncertainty yet uh, in the world. The administration is going to have to lead out on that, and we're going to continue to follow that here on KSL News Radio throughout the day. Don't go anywhere. When we come back, we're going to have Utah Republican Senator. Mitt Romney, and we're also going to have Democratic Senator Bennett from Colorado. They uh, floated the river together this week, and we're going to talk about what they discussed, some bipartisan efforts. When we come back, both of them will join us live coming up next on KSL News Radio. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story the struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.